0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. part two of our series on keys to the understanding of apocalyptic literatures and symbols in the world. Last week we dealt with the issue of the world. What does it really mean when we talk about the world? And then talking about the world that shall pass away, we try to explain that last week prophetically from the scriptures so that we can have an understanding. Now let's take a test this evening from the book of Matthew chapter 24. Uh, These are basically uh, the scriptures that uh, are commonly used to depict the issue of the end times, the end of the globe, if you will and perhaps things that may signal what they call the Antichrist. So let's look at Matthew 24. i reading from verse 32. The Bible says, Now when now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender, and put it for leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So, likewise, here, verse 33: when you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Remember, everything Jesus is speaking about is in relation to the question that he was asked in chapter 24, verse number 1 to 3. Is that all right? Verse number 1 was: when shall this thing be? I mean, verse 2. After they told him, or they tried to show him the building of the temple. Alright, so I want you to keep that at the back of your mind anytime you're reading Matthew chapter 24. Because everything we've, we see here is really connected to the answers he gave. And he said all these things. So when he's talking about these things, it's in relation to the answers he gave. The walls, rumors of walls, and all that, and all that. Amen. All right. Know that it is near even at the door. Then verse 24, 34. Very I say unto you, this generation shall not pass in. all these things be fulfilled. Okay? Then, but the key thing we deliver tonight is, verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So what we want to find out tonight, is, what does it mean, heaven and earth shall pass away? All right? Praise the living God. What do we mean when we say heaven and earth shall pass away? These are the things we want to look at tonight. okay? And um, just to remind you, in the whole of this course, Jesus has been speaking apocalyptically or in apocalyptic language like I explained to you before. And heaven and earth passing away could mean here just what he had been talking about. Is that really connected to the same answer that it was given to the people or the disciples based on the question that he asked him? Is that all right? It can't be anything different. Okay, we're going to find out as we move on. All right. In a nutshell, the heaven and earth is actually talking about the Jewish order that will be passing away with these structures in the leadership if you will i will explain that in a moment all right we must understand like i said that the central theme the discussion in question is all about when shall these things be is that okay when shall these things be so you must understand the centrality of the discussion here it's all about the jewish system it's all about the temple it's all about Everything that has to do with the Jewish economy, amen. Praise the Lord! So, the central thing of Jesus' discussion was the passing away of the Jewish state and the old religious order of things. From we can find that from verse 1, if we tend to to look at verse 1, then let's look at Matthew 5 again, verse number 18. Matthew 5 again, chapter I mean, verse number 18. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 18. And you know, Jesus said the same thing, right? He was saying. Um, they simply said, Till heaven and earth will pass, not one jolt or title shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. All right, now I want you to look at those two words. Remember, he said, Till all these things come to be, all these things will come to pass, and all this thing will be fulfilled. Come to pass, it is the same thing as being what? Fulfilled. Now, here he's saying in verse uh, 18 of chapter 5. No title of the law, right, shall fail, all shall be fulfilled. But again, it is titled, Heaven and Earth Passing Away. Did you get that? Okay, I want you to pick that. I'm trying to take it easy so that you can understand. Heaven and earth is tied here in the same verse to the laws passing away. I want you to get that. Okay, so here he said the laws will pass away, Uh, whatever, until all these things will come to be. So, until what? Two things that we can find here the laws and the heaven will pass away. Everything he's saying must come to pass. Is that all right? The first is till heaven and earth pass away. Secondly, till all the laws be fulfilled. Now, we know that all the laws are fulfilled in Christ. Am I right? Good. So, if the laws are fulfilled in Christ, why is it that the heaven and earth will not pass away? Because the same verse is saying the same thing. Number one, the heaven and earth will pass away, then all the laws shall be fulfilled. you get that? So you find out the heaven and earth is tied up with the Jewish system of worship. The structures and whatever the case may be. And then the laws that they were operating in. He came to fulfill the law. Now it's also saying the heaven and earth must pass away. Now, it doesn't have to take another time for that to happen. It must happen simultaneously with the laws being fulfilled. So if you can agree that the laws are being fulfilled in Christ, then of course you must also get to understand that the heaven and earth passed away. Does that make sense? I want you to see how it is connected. Right from Mighty 24, down to even what he's saying here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. Hallelujah. And if you must really, really follow critically, like I always say, we know, like Hebrews 9:26, is talked about the end of the world or the end of the age, which I explained to us to mean the end of the religious order of the Jews. Because he has to offer himself as the only sacrifice. Is that okay? So if that is the case, it also simply means. That in AD 70 when the temple and everything came down The heavens and the earth passed away Now I'm going to take my time now To explain to you From the scriptures How this thing Was fulfilled Amen Hallelujah Now One thing you need to understand again trying to lay this foundation, is that when Jesus talks about the heaven and earth passing away, it's not dealing with the physical universe, such as the planet earth and maybe the sky you are seeing up there. It's not dealing with that. Is that okay? But it's actually talking about the passing away of the nation of Israel because of their disobedience. Rebellion and inability to truly recognize the Messiah that was sent us at that time. I will make you see that. Let's begin to look at these things from the Old Testament. I would like us to back it up from the Old Testament. But if you must write anything down in case you you probably may forget, write this down. Heavens. Symbolically, in this passage, it speaks of religious or political authorities. Then art speaks of the place or nature involved in such prophecies of the people. I want you to know what I've just said. Heavens. Heavens must pass away. The heaven speaks of religious or political authorities while the art speaks of the place of people or the nation of those people that are involved in such prophetic words so for instance when jesus said the heaven and earth must pass away in magic 24 and this generation shall not pass in all these things be fear he was directly speaking about the nation of israel that is the art Then if you talk about the heavens in that instance, it's talking about the order of the priesthood and the people that had power at a particular time. So the heavens speaks of religious or political authorities while the earth speaks of the nation, the place, or the people that are involved in such prophetic words. Are you there with me? Okay. So I would like us to look at a few scriptures from the Old Testament To back up what we've just said, so that we can draw uh, a final conclusion on this. Let's look at something in the book of Isaiah 51, let's look at verse 12. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 51, verse 12. Look at how the word puts it. I even I am he that comforted you. Who art thou? That thou should be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the son of man which shall be made as grass. Verse 13. And forgettest thou the the Lord thy maker That hath stretched forth the heavens And laid the foundation of the earth And hath feared continually every day Because of the fury of the oppressor And if he were ready to destroy Where is the fury of the oppressor? Verse 14 The captive exile hastened that he may be loosed And that he should not die in the pit Nor that his breast should fall But I am the Lord thy God I divided the sea, whose waves it The Lord of hosts is His name. I put My words in your mouth. Are you there? And I've covered thee in the shadow of My hand, that I may plant what the heavens, and lay what the foundation of the earth, and say unto Zion, what. So, what do you think is going on here? What do you think God is speaking to Isaiah? What prophecy do you think is I mean taking place here? How will God be talking about laying the foundation of the earth and then laying the heavens when the property came? That's about 3,000 years after creation has taken place, as it were. So, what foundation is he laying here? Here, he's simply prophesying about the rebuilding of the nation of Israel. That's why he say, Thou art my people. Did you together? So when he's saying, i put my words in your mouth and I'll cover it in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation. It's like regrouping or, or putting together of the house of Israel, which is basically the church. Is that all right? Are, are you following what I'm talking about here? So understand the heavens and earth speaks of, like I'm saying, a people existing at a particular time. And then we're talking about the rulership and the people being ruled over. It could be political structure, it could be religious structure. But the people being ruled over and the people in rulership. The heavens are the people that are And the earth are the people that are being controlled. Is that okay? I want you to get that because it's important. Okay. So, you take time to read this, you're going to see precisely that we're talking about the formation of, I mean, the formation of the heavens and the earth, have nothing to do with a literal thing but talking about the house or the nation of what? Of Israel. Amen? So then, what exactly are we talking about? Like we said, that this particular passage explains itself. It said, you're doing that to lay Zion, that they shall be called what? My people. In other words, it's talking about the very nation of what of Israel. Praise the living God. He's dealing with the very nature of Israel. So I want you to understand that is the people that I was talking about. The formation has to do with the formation of the very nation of Israel. Okay. I want to say this. Like I mentioned before, figuratively, heavens in the Bible speaks of government and rulers. It refers to the nature of the people that are being ruled over. I'm going to show you some other scriptures. For instance, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32. This has to do with the song of Moses. As he was talking to Israel. Someone called the song of Moses. As was talking to Israel. And look at what he said. Verse 1. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Now question. Do we assume God is talking to the literal sky and, you know, the best you can put out of this, if you want to, is, well, he created the universe, he created the heavens and the earth, and then the best and the most possible explanation you can give is, uh the issue of double witness he wants heaven and hell to bear witness of what he wants to do to israel that's the best you can go but the truth is he was speaking to the priesthood and was speaking to the rest of the people he was trying to say this is what i'm going to do because of the way you've gone because of your rebellion uh if i look at verse 22 i'm suppose verse 22 look at what he said you 32 verse 22 for a fire is kindled in my anger, and shall burn unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with the increase, and set on fire the foundation of the mountains. Hallelujah. So this is simply the judgment upon Israel. God was simply saying, I am hungry, and I am intended to do something. Right? Anytime God used the word, fire of hell that cannot be quenched, you can find that in Jeremiah, you can find that some of the uh, prophetic writings. It simply means one thing. If it said the fire that cannot be quenched, it means man cannot put out his anger. When he said to do a thing, he's going to accomplish it in that regard. That's what it means. So if anytime he says fire that cannot be quenched, it simply means man or there is nothing you are going to do to stop what you want to do. Did you get that? So here he's saying the fire be kindled in my spirit. Now before this time, go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's look at verse 49. Then you see something there as well. God already explained to them the kind of judgment that was going to come upon them because of their attitude, rebellion, or disobedience, if you will. So Deuteronomy 28, look at verse 49. What's he saying there? He said, the Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flyeth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. What is the nation coming to do? To destroy them. Just exactly the way the Roman armies came to Jerusalem in 870. Often and again, God uses nations to deal with Israel. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, you know, just name it. He uses them to deal with Israel. So in Jeremiah twenty-eight, he already explained to them, because of the way you are going, I am going to bring a nation to judge you. Is that okay? That's why I say my anger is kindled like a fire and will burn down to the earth. In other words, no man, you won't be able to stop the invasion of this nation that I'm going to send to you. Are we going together here? Now, this is what he was saying in Deuteronomy 32 in the beginning. You hear, believe, I mean the priesthood, and then you listen to what I'm about to say. You who are also following the priesthood. Are we together? I want you to catch it. All right. Again, if we go to the book of Revelation, chapter 15, we can read a similar thing. Now, here remember, we're talking about the song of Moses which is basically the song of deliverance. Okay? So here God was giving them two things, two pictures. The song was both to warn them and get them out of deliverance, or if they don't yield to what he was saying, they face the judgment. So when you talk about the song of Moses, we are talking about the song of deliverance. I want you to understand that. That's why I want to read Revelation for you. And that is why you find that when they cross the Red Sea, Remember they sang a song, which is called the Song of Moses, which Miriam also sang along with the other women. How I many of you remember that? Good. It is the Song of Deliverance from the Red Sea. So anytime you see the Song of Moses in Scripture, we are talking about the Song of Deliverance. Is that okay? Hallelujah. And of course, the Song of Jesus has to be the Song of Redemption. I don't know, but that's true. Okay. Are you there in the book of Revelation 15? And verse 2 And as far as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire And them that had gotten the victory over the beast Can you get that? They gotten the victory over who? The beast and over his image Overcomers Are you there? And over his mark And over the number of his name Stand on the sea of glass having the halves of God Sea of glass, which is transparent. I don't want to go into all of that. You can find it in Solomon's Temple. But verse 3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. Amen. And the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are the works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, the king of the saints. Hallelujah. So, like I was trying to explain, singing the song of Moses here, we're talking of those who got in victory. So, if we look at Deuteronomy 32, which you call the Song of Moses. Is that okay? So, the Song of Moses in Deuteronomy 32 speaks of two things. A warning, or you heed to what he's saying, and you get delivered from the oppression that is going to come by way of judgment. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. So, I want us to understand the apocalyptic language that is being used in this literature,s like we find in terms of the use of the word heaven and earth. Here the language of the Song of Moses is describing the judgment of God, like we find in John 32. When is it finally destroyed? As it it is now indicated, now watch this, if heaven speaks of the priesthood and earth speaks of the people, then heaven and earth passing away, meaning the nations coming to evade Israel and taking them into captivity. Heaven and earth has passed away. Does that make sense to you? You see, mighty 24 is not the only place where the word heaven and earth passing away is used. That's what I want to establish. So if you can understand it from the Old Testament, how it was used then it becomes easy for you to understand Matthew 24. Okay. That would mean to the book of Isaiah. This was Isaiah chapter 1. This is actually the prophecy or the predictions of the coming invasion to the captivity of the people of Israel. God predicted this. Right? About the captivity of Israel. Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 1 The Bible says the vision of Isaiah the son of Amos, which is all concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, and kings of Judah. Right? You remember Judah and Jerusalem in terms, talking about the two nations, as it were, after the division, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Remember that? So we have two nations. Two kingdoms as it were. Is that okay? Right. Look at verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken, I've nourished and brought up children, and they rebel against me. So, question, who do you think God is talking to here? Who is he talking to? He's talking to the people of Israel. They are the heaven and the earth. They are the rebellious people. He's not talking to the climate and say, okay, how can God be talking to people and say, okay, Sky, listen. Israel, have rebelled against me. Okay, X, listen. Ah, what kind of thing is that? God addressing an inanimate object because he's angry with his people? No, not at all. So here we find expressly that God was addressing the house of Israel. And fourth, verse number one tells you of what God has to say in relation to the prediction of the captivity that we're going to go into, amen. Hallelujah! So, heaven and earth here in Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 1, is basic and two, basically talking about what the house of Israel. Go to verse 10 of Isaiah chapter 1 and see exactly what how it connects. Verse 10, are you there? Isaiah chapter 1. Hear the word of the Lord. And what do you see there? Ye rulers of Sodom, give ye unto the law of our God, or your God. Ye people of Gomorrah. What is that supposed to mean? Was God talking to Sodom and Gomorrah? Oh, come on, talk to me here. Before this time, Sodom and Gomorrah have already been destroyed. What he's saying is that Israel and the rulership have gone into sinful nature. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah. So it is symbolic of a language of the state of the people at that particular time. Did you get that? So you look at it very closely. There. It's so easy for you to understand. Hear the word of the Lord. Ye rulers of Sodom. Are you talking of Sodom and Gomorrah? No, 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 no. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. Say, so give ear unto the law of our God. Ye people of what? Gomorrah. Now, anytime you read Sodom and Gomorrah, you already know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the sinful condition. So, what God is saying here, Israel have gone into a state of decay, and He's not saying, "I am going to send invasion to come, the Assyrians or whatever, to come take you into captivity because of your condition." Are you there with me? Hallelujah! I want you to catch that because it's surely going to help you. So God was not speaking to Sodom and Gomorrah for they have been destroyed already many years back. But here he was referring to the rulers and people of Israel who are not likened to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? Just as it was already stated already, heaven and earth. The same people, Sodom and Gomorrah, is being referred to here as heaven and earth. Or heaven and earth being referred to here as what? Sodom and Gomorrah. The same group of people. Otherwise, there is no way you say God is speaking to... To Isaiah and they prophesying about Sodom and Gomorrah that were already been destroyed even before Isaiah started prophesying. Are you still there with me? So, but it's like in Israel what Sodom and Gomorrah. Praise the Lord. Are you following? Okay. Okay, so this shows clearly that heaven and earth are symbolic language for Israel. In this passage here, we want to say here the word of the Lord, hear the rulers of Sodom and Gomorrah, we just know that he's talking strictly to what the people of Israel, because they are backsliding condition from God. This vision basically was to serve as a warning to the house of Judah. Remember verse one, is that okay? It was supposed to be a warning. So here God was giving a warning to the house of Israel, and they referred to them as Sodom and Gomorrah. And again, basically in verse two, it refers to them as what heaven and earth. Praise the living God. We must understand that when the statement was made, it was not referring to the people dwelling on the physical arts. Is that, does anybody understand that? God was not prophesying to humanity in general. He was prophesying to a people in particular. Are uh, you catching what I'm talking about? This watch will help you when you are reading. You should be able to see who is God talking to. Why is He making this statement? What was the state of the people when He made this statement? So, it's a here or earth or whatever. He's not talking to the entire creation. He's talking to a people. Praise the living God. Are you there? So, like I said before, the heavens here refers to which people now? The religious and political leaders of who? Of Judah. While the earth refers to the entire people involved, the inhabitants of Judah. The heaven refers to the political and religious order or authority, while the earth refers to the people inhabiting Judah, to whom God was sending this prophecy. Are you sitting there with me? Okay, turn with me to Isaiah 24. Isaiah 24. Let's look at a similar picture here painted for us. This is basically, if you take time to study history, this is basically the Jewish history Isaiah 24 was a prophecy of the judgment that was going to come to Israel through the Assyrians. God was going to use the Assyrians to judge Israel in Isaiah 24. Okay, let's look at the verse one. Are you there with me? He said, "Behold, the Lord, make the, em- the earth empty, and make the waste and turn it upside down and scatter it abroad the inhabitants thereof." Watch that? That alone will make you start thinking. Is is God talking to you and I? He wants to make the earth empty. He wants to scatter the inhabitants. Where is he taking us to? Are you there with me? You're looking cold. Is it too deep for you? You are thinking. That's fine. But, But you get that there. Okay, what he said. He said, it's going to turn it upside down and scatter abroad the inhabitants thereof. This tells you of the house of Israel that's going to be taken into what? Captivity. Scattering the people. Okay, verse 2. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. As with the servant, so with the smasher. As with the maid so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. Is that alright? The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled for the Lord has spoken this word. Now look at verse number four. The earth moureth and faded away. What earth is he talking to now? You see that? The world languisheth and faded away. And the haughty people of the earth do languish. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Can you get that? Because they have transgressed the laws. Changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Now go to verse 20. The earth shall reto and fro like a drunkard. And shall remove with a cottage. And the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it. And it shall fall and not rise again. Praise God. Did you get the picture here? Now this is the invasion of the Assyrians. What God intends to do to them. The kind of confusion they're gonna go into. And the spirit is explained here because of what they've done. Verse 5 explain that. The earth also is defiled on that inhabitants. What inhabitants? The inhabitants of Judah. The inhabitants of Israel. Because they have transgressed what? Come on, are you there with me? They transgressed what? The laws. Were the laws of God given to you? I'm talking about the Old Testament. Were they given to you? When Isaiah was prophesying, was he prophesying about you? He said they transgressed the law. That's why this thing is going to happen. Hallelujah. So when he use the word "eth," there, you see that he's talking about a people. Which is Israel. Who have transgressed the law. Hallelujah. All right, if you read this a little bit from the New Living Bible, what are you going to see? The world land, NIV. See, the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He rules it and scatters its inhabitants. That's the key thing I want you to pick. Scatters what? Its inhabitants. Okay, they have to be completely laid waste, they have to defy by his people. They have disobeyed the laws violated the status and broken the everlasting covenants. Very simple. So it's talking about the house of Israel. Now there is something I want you to see. If you take time to study your Bible, from chapter 13 of Isaiah to chapter 23 of the book of Isaiah, actually deals with the fate of several cities and nations. What God wants to do to them and that includes cities like Babylon, Philistines, the Moabites, Damascus, Egypt, Tyre, and on and on. From chapter 13. Let I open your Bible and find what I'm saying. From chapter 13, you are going to see this song. There's, woe unto this, woe unto this, or the burden of this, the burden of this. Is that okay? Sometimes you see this scripture, the burden of Babylon. When he said the burden of Babylon, it's what God wants to do to Babylon. The burden of Babylon, the burden of Tyre, the burden of Philistine, the burden of Moab. You see all of that from chapter 13 down to chapter 23 of the book of Isaiah. That is why it's, it's very erroneous to always teach Isaiah 14 to mean one angel that fought with God in heaven called Lucifer. That thing is the picture of the house or the nature of Babylon. The fall of Babylon. Basically, it was the king of Babylon that God was talking about in Isaiah chapter 14. Is that okay? There's no room here now to explain to you what the word Lucifer stands for. But it simply actually means light bringer. If light bringer, if you want to believe that to mean Lucifer, who is supposed to be an angel of death, or whatever, as you call it, uh, the, 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 the devil. The Bible never tells me that the devil has light in him. Amen? From the one the Bible tells me in Genesis 3, that he's created a beast. I mean, if you remember that. And then, in John chapter 8, the Bible says, he's a liar and the father of lies. And when he said truth, he said lies. All the truth. I mean, through the scripture, there's never a place the Bible refers to Satan as a light bearer. He is always in darkness. Amen. But the word Lucifer actually means light bringer. Now, there's no room for me to explain that in this study. Some other time we're going to do with that. But I understand something. When he said, "I'm going to sit on the mountain that is unto the north," have you read that in your Bible? What mountain is to the north? That is Mount Zion. What is Man Zion, the church? So what was, what was Nebuchadnezzar saying, "I am going to rule over Israel." That's all. We did the people of God. Hallelujah. Well, some other time we think about that, okay. So I'm saying from chapter 13 down to chapter 23, we're going to be having all of these things. Uh, then he had already foretold the destruction of these foreign nations, even the enemies of Judah. Uh, the prophet declared this particular judgment upon all of this nation that was going to come because of their apostasy. They are falling away from the faith and breaking the covenant. Is that okay? Are you there with me? Now, what we read right now, is verse 4, he said the wall language, it, and then the wall is the same with the land. That is the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. It has nothing to do with the general... Uh, planet earth in terms of what we call the world when you talk about the world there in that uh, 24 verse 4 is talking about the nation of Israel that is the very kingdoms of Judah and that of what of Israel amen hallelujah so like I said this prophecy is the the the, the coming of the vision of the Assyrians over the Jewish people it is clear again from that word. Earth here, like I said, is used symbolically for the people of Judah at a particular time. People of Judah and the people of uh, Israel, and then the Assyrian army were used, and then they destroyed these people as the case may be. So we can find that the inhabitants of the earth will be scattered. Simply means the people of Israel will be taken into what activity? I mean, uh, slavery by which people? The Assyrians. And so when they capture them and take them into slavery, then the earth and the people that have the world scattered. That is what he's saying. So if you say the earth shall pass away or the earth is languishing, you're talking about the people that the prophecies is all about at a particular time. So as soon as the Assyrians came and took them away, the earth went away are you there with me and there is no way the earth will pass away or go away without the heavens also passing away because the people are always relating to the heavens that is why there's always a word here oh heaven and here oh earth, because the heavens are the rulership those in authority the priesthood the religious order the scribes and pharisees if you will and that the people that the law is being administered upon these are the people that make up the heavens and the earth So, if the heaven or the earth is passing away we're not talking about a particular system or order and the people living in that particular time that god is speaking to that he wants to take them away to establish a new one and that makes you to see very simple statement if the earth passed away the earth and heaven that pass away of course a new earth and a new heaven must also come into play are you getting that so that gives you back to revelation 21 that I saw a new heaven, what? And a new earth. Why? Because the old heaven and the old earth of what? Passed away. Is this simple? Okay. I want you to get this because it's very important. Turn to Isaiah 34. I just want to do with a few things. The remaining minutes that we have. Isaiah 34. Let's look at verse 1 again. Hallelujah. He said, come near, verse 1, Ye nations to hear and hearken, your peoples, let the earth hear and all that is therein, the wall and all that they come for, a lot of it. For the anger, if you will, the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations and his fury upon all armies. He has utterly destroyed them, he shall delivered them to the slaughter. Their slain also shall be cast out, their sting shall come up out of the carcasses, and the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the hosts of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heaven shall be rolled together as a scroll, and all their holes shall fall down as a leaf falleth off from the vine, and as a falling fig from the fig tree. For my word shall be bated in heaven. Listen to this. For my word. The reason for the heaven and earth rolling away. Are you, are you following it? I want you to capture that. Is verse 5. For my sword. Whose sword? God's sword shall be baited in heaven. Behold, it shall come down upon Idumai, and upon the people of my course to judgment. Did you get that? The sword of the Lord is filled with blood. It's made foul fat with foulness and with the blood of lambs and gold, and with the foul of the kidneys of ram. For the Lord hath a sacrifice in Bozrah, and a great slaughter in the land of Idumai. I want you to know the word Idumai there. The unicorns shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and there shall be stalked with blood and the dust made fat with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's word, vengeance, and the year of recompense for the controversy of what? Of Zion. Hallelujah. Now, do we now literally have to mean that the literal heaven shall be melted and ruled away? Is that what we're talking about? Hallelujah. But remember, he's speaking and mentioning a particular group of people—the Edomites. Have you noticed that? And because this one's going to take us to what we deal with next week—the stars and the moon being darkened. All right, where do you find the stars and the moon in the sky? We're going to explain that next week. Hallelujah. So he said the sword shall be bated in heaven. And then followed by the explanation, what he meant the sword. We come down on what? Only the man. So the rulers and their people will face judgment from the Lord and God. That's what it means. My sword is coming. And when God said my sword is coming, you know God does not carry sword by himself. Come on, is anybody getting this? He uses people. He allows people one more time, just like he allowed the Roman armies to come to Jerusalem. That is how his sword comes. He uses other nations to judge his people when they're going to rebellion. And that's exactly what he was saying here. Praise the living God. Now, if domain, if you may know, actually means Edom. Is that all right? So when he says... My soul shall be bated upon two men. Or as the case may be, he's talking about the judgment against the Edomites. And we know that that prophecy basically in scripture, in history as well, was fulfilled. When the Edomites were judged. Amen? So the eight year was the people of Edom who had to hear his prophecy against them. God was angry with them and this was their warning of coming destruction. And it causes the day of the laws Vengeance. Did you understand that? He is not dealing with you and I at this particular time. Now, there's something for you to understand here, which is most confusing. Often the Bible says, The heavens shall dissolve and roll together. Right? Is that okay? Get it right. What did we say, basically, is the heaven before? You see, when the time we look at this word like that, we're looking at this. Empty space and things like that. Now, how many of you remember that the more you travel down, the more you find that the horizon is going away from you? Geographically speaking. Now, how many of you understand that right here you could be looking up and somebody in the other pole could be looking down? Geographically speaking. So if I ask you to point to heaven, where is heaven? If you are here pointing up, the other man is pointing down. Are you sitting there with me? When you say today is, you are in the day now, I was just in Australia. This time now, we should be going to bed. So even the day you are calculating, you are now observing almost the same day. In that sense. Are you following this? So, you must understand that the language of the Bible is not a physical language. He could use physical to illustrate the things that he needs to convey to the people. That's why it is an apocalyptic language, which is symbolic. Hallelujah. So, just like we said before, heaven is symbol, which is explained the very passage in verse 5. He said, It shall come to down upon the domain. God's sword was not bloody in God's own heavenly spiritual realm but rather in the heavens there was the worldly realm of the Edomite leaders. He said, my soul shall come down on the Edomite, which is Edom. Verse number five of what we just read. Did you get that? So in other words, God said, I'm going to judge the heavenly authorities. Are you there with me? Praise the living God? I'm going to judge the heavenly authority. I'm going to judge the people who controls The race of the people. Alright. Now, let's take another one. Jeremiah 22. Remember what I told you. I'm giving you keys so that when you are reading, you should be able to pick these things and they apply them. Or they begin to explain to you what it stands for as you read across them in scriptures. Jeremiah 22 verse 29. Still dealing with the issue of the earth. He said, O Ed, O Ed, hear the word of the Lord. Hmm? Now, if you read verse 1, verse 11, verse 18, verse 24, you're going to read about words for the people of Judah. Alright? Concerning the time when they will be taken into the land of, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. If you read verse 1, right, of that chapter, verse 11, and verse 18, verse 24, you're going to find that he's really talking about the people of Judah. So, here again in verse 29, say, Oh, eat here, oh, eat here. He is talking about the warning, as it were, to these people, based on what Nebuchadnezzar is going to do. Now, if you begin to read from chapter 22 of Jeremiah to chapter 25, you're going to see where God is even saying in chapter 25 that Nebuchadnezzar is his servant. Are you there with me? And then he goes on to say that Nebuchadnezzar will take these people into captivity for 70 years. And that is what Daniel saw in Babylon and go into prayer. That the 70 years that was determined for the people have been accomplished. The Bible says Daniel discovered by reading of the books. Are you you there with me? So by implication, Daniel actually finds that out from Jeremiah 25. And then he went into prayer. Because now they were in Babylon. So here from chapter 22, verse 29, that tells you precisely, God was warning the people of Israel as against the captivity that was going to come to them or they are going to go into, through or in the hands of who? Nebuchadnezzar, the kingdom of Babylon. Amen? Are you there with me? Okay, now if you look at verse 5, I maybe mean, verse 25, you may probably find that as well. So, here we know that God was not talking about the physical act. When he said, yeah, oh, Ed here yeah, oh, Ed." He wasn't talking about the physical act. Is that all right? But yeah, he was talking about these people, the same people which we have been describing all along. Is that all right? Praise the living God? Okay, so I just want you to pick this and then um, I want to move very fast uh, because of time now. You can also read the uh, Jeremiah 20, uh, 51. Jeremiah 51. Now, let's take this because it's important. Now, Jeremiah 51 is a prophecy against Babylon. From Jeremiah 22 down to 25, we talk about Israel, the house of Judah, tribe of the north, and all of that. God wants to take them over through Nebuchadnezzar. Now, when you come to Jeremiah 51, and verse 25. This is what it says. I'm against you, or oh, destroy mountain. He will destroy the whole earth, declares the Lord. right from the NIV. What mountain is that? What is a mountain in the Bible? Mountain always and not uh we often see mountain as problems. But you remember what Isaiah said: the mountain of the Lord shall be exalted above the mountains. Is that okay? What it really means, the kingdom of the Lord shall be established upon the other kingdoms. Is that okay? Mountain speaks of kingdom. So here the Bible says, I am against you all destroy mountain. What destroy mountain? He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon. He will destroy the whole earth, declares the Lord. So here Jeremiah is voicing a warning again against Babylon. You can check verse 11 and things like that. Is that okay? They did destroy the nature of Judah very well. And then, like I said, it's a proper symbol to be used here for the earth, or the earth became the proper symbol. So use that for Nebuchadnezzar, use that for uh, Babylon, you use that for Judah. Whatever is this, when you see the earth, as I'm trying to say, it's not talking about the entire globe. Is that all right? Now let's quickly go to my 24 now so that we can begin to wrap up for tonight. But you go back and study all of those passages and more and more of those things, you're going to see what we're talking about. Now, by 24, verse 32. We read that before, but let's read it again. Now, learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch is here tender and put it for leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So, likewise, when you see all these things, know that it is nigh, even out the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my world shall not pass away. Amen. So what is Jesus talking about passing away here? Speaks of the heaven and the earth passing away. Is that okay? Now the entire context, like I said before, of Matthew 24, was an answer to the question that he was asked. Is that okay? So heaven here, Speaks one more time, like I said, of the religious and the political orders of the people. And then it speaks of the nature of Israel. Simply put, heaven and earth will pass away. And that did happen in the 70 when the temple was finally destroyed. What heaven passed away there? The rulership, the governors of the temple. The priests too, that were ministering in the temple. Are you there with me? They were no longer there, the authority was taken away. But because listen to this as long as the temple was not standing, like this house is not standing, the Levites have no authority. The only means by which they can officiate is to have the temple in place. Now the temple has been destroyed. It told me their business was over. So the heaven rolled away and the earth rolled away. What does that mean? Israel was brought under bondage by the Roman government. Their state, as it were, ceased from existence because the Levitical priesthood were no longer there. The people themselves were more or less captive. How many of you remember that even when Jesus was born, Pilate was there, the Roman people were actually ruling over which people? The Israelites. So the heaven and it passed away. Just what we find in Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah 34, Isaiah 24, Jeremiah 22. All of those things are just exactly what happened in AD 70 that jesus was talking about so he's not talking about the literal earth and the literal heavens If god allows us we're going to deal with the issue of second peter chapter 3 when he talk about the elemental man element have nothing to do with box i have nothing to do with gold now remember even what he said in that passage he talked about the first heaven and eight or the first wall and the second wall the wall of noah and all of that what wall does that mean are you there with me? The heaven and earth makes up a wall. A wall talks about the people. We explained that before, last week. Is that okay? So when you say, the wall, you're talking about an age. Hey, talking about the people. For instance, we're talking about the wall of Noah. You're talking about the season at which, I mean the moment at which Noah was in control and the people that lived at that time. And the attitude of the people at that time. The Bible said they were eating and drinking and Noah entered into the ark. We so refer to it as the wall of Noah. So the world is not talking about the globe. Anytime you read the wall in the Bible, you're not talking about the globe. You read heaven and earth, you're not talking about the globe. You're talking about the people and the ruling order that rules over those people. Are you sitting there with me? Presently, your country, I think PDP is the heavens. Are you there with me? Because they are the ruling party governing the people. That's what it means. I want to make you see the simple illustration. And are you getting there? They're talking about the governors and the president, all these people. They are the heavens. They dictate uh, things. I mean, they legislate all things, whatever the case may be. Right? And then you, to whom they are bringing these laws upon, you are the earth. So, if we say heaven and earth will pass away, we're talking about another season coming into our country, for instance, with a righteous government, with a different people, that will enter a new earth and a new heaven. Do you understand what I'm saying here? So any time an old heaven and earth passes away, a new heaven and new earth comes into place. That is just it. It's people's lifestyle and changes that take place in those people times and at particular season. Because of the way they live and what God is saying to them, what God intends to do. So, simply put, it's a change of order in human existence. Can I add an to that? god bringing is a new order in the place of an old order and whatever there's an order and there's a ruling authority that ruling authority is referred to as what the heavens and the people being ruled who believe and walk by the thing that the heavens are declaring are what the arts that is just what the bible is teaching so when he says the heaven and earth shall pass away by my word he is saying you will fade out, but everything I'm saying will never fade out. You know that what I'm everything I'm saying must be fulfilled. By implication, if you're watching me saying this and you don't believe in me, when the Roman soldiers come, you finally get to believe that what I said is the truth. Praise the living God. For further information and message order, please call plus two 4810869 or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net God bless you